Are you full of health and wellness information yet struggling to implement into your daily life? Or do you have your health sorted out but struggling to integrate it with your other areas of your life? We've surveyed a number of Wellness Couch fans and recognize that this is the biggest challenge that most of you face in daily life. How do you turn your knowledge into action and a lifestyle? Enter the Wellness Breakthrough. For three days and two nights in February, eight of your Wellness Couch favorites are gathering in Melbourne for one incredible event, and we just have three spots left. Entry to the Wellness Breakthrough is by application only. To apply, simply go to thewellnessbreakthrough.com. And apologies in advance if you apply and we're all sold out. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to A Quirky Journey, the healthy family podcast with your hosts, Joe Witten and Fuad Kassab. Welcome to A Quirky Journey. Join us as we share our family's journeys to good health. You'll find plenty of inspiration, tips and recipe ideas, as well as stories from everyday people who've struggled and overcome health problems and diet challenges in their own families. I'm Jo Whitten from Quirky Cooking, and I have with me today Fuad. Hi, Fuad. Hi, Jo. And I also have Rachel again because she's come back to tell us a bit more about our story. Sorry, our story. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) Um, We've had a lot of questions on Facebook about um, Rachel's the way that she eats and the the way that she has had to tweak the GAPS diet to suit her because she hit a bit of a wall with it and wasn't going any further. So she's going to explain to us um, what's happened and what what helps and what hasn't helped and Mm. why and so it'll be interesting. So, Rachel, do you just want to start with telling us um, a little bit of an overview of the the, – start of gaps and why you started and that kind of thing yeah sure because some people may not have heard your story mm-hmm. yeah all righty so you don't want me to go back to the beginning just like just pretty much where? why you started gaps okay well yeah. I started gaps because I was doing okay but I'd had health problem after health problem after health problem since about the age of 11 probably before then but it got really bad when I was 11 and if you go back and listen to my last interview I give you like the entire timeline but that took a while so I'm not going to take up time on this <laughs> podcast doing that but anyway I could just kind of start to feel myself slipping backwards I was I've always struggled with weight not in the way most people do in the opposite way so I've always struggled to gain I just noticed I was losing energy and weight and becoming I've always had Um, issues with food intolerances I was getting worse and this was at the end of 2014 so at the start of 2015 I decided to do gaps Mm. were you struggling with depression anxiety then as well no that 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 was earlier that had been years before yeah I'd gotten that under control Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that was a lot of mindset work it just I started being a more positive person so even when my gut wasn't perfect I still didn't have that weakness as much anymore which was yeah Mm. which was good but it was just I didn't I didn't want to have food intolerances for the rest of my life it was I didn't feel like having a really restricted diet forever was the answer so I thought well maybe I could do gaps and get some healing yeah um yeah so I started and I was doing reasonably well I got a lot of healing like there were some foods like onion and garlic that I'd never been able to have well no I had been able to have but then I couldn't anymore and then I got to have I got them back and um just my energy was better and I just felt I didn't have as much bloating or wind or all of that IBS type stuff going on which was really lovely 
Um, but I was really struggling all the way through gaps. Like if you listen to my last interview, I was really positive about things and like, oh yeah, and, you know, it's going okay. And yeah, I haven't introduced this food and yeah, okay. I'm not really that far along in gaps. I'm still on stage four, yada, yada. After six months. After six months. But mm-hmm. you know, I was still like, oh, that's okay. Um, but it just got to this point where I, like I did get onto stage five slash six but again it was it was always I'm on this stage slash this stage because I still haven't introduced half the future in this stage and it just wasn't going anywhere and I could feel myself if anything just starting to slip backwards I was getting a lot of brain fog a lot of lot like a, a lot of bloating like really bad lots of stomach pains and I just thought it was ridiculous because it's like I'm on gaps I'm on meant to be on the most the world's most healing diet and I still feel horrible um and so, and it was interfering with my, with my life. Like I couldn't study properly and everything just felt like more of an effort because I didn't feel good. And I was really sick of it because I thought I was doing everything I could. So I did what I've always done and I just researched and researched and it was, I just happened to be, um, I'm a nutritional and dietetic medicine student, just for those of you that don't know. And we were doing one of the subjects last semester was microbiology and we didn't learn very much about parasites. We only did one lecture on it. But it just kind of got me thinking some of the symptoms of it seemed to coincide with me. So I went and did a bit more research. And Joe did some um, interviews with Mary Kelly McKenzie or whatever way around her yeah. name is. <laughs> I always get mixed up too. Yeah, Mary. Mary from, from Good, Good Mood, Mood Food. Food. <laughs> um, anyway, she was talking about parasites. And there was this part of me that was like, oh, right, you're just being a hypochondriac, like doing Dr. Google, I have that symptom, therefore I have that. Um, yeah. But then I just I thought, mm, I'm just going to look into this a bit more because, you know, what do I have to lose? And so I um, sought out a lady called Kirsty Worth. I don't if some of you might have heard of Cultured Wellness, mm-hmm. the kef- kefir culture business. Um, and she's also a health coach and she has a lot of, of experience with the microbiome and gut healing and parasites and candida and all of that kind of stuff and um, I booked a Skype appointment with her and just kind of said all right these are my symptoms I think I might have parasites or candida or something like that what do you reckon do you reckon I'm just being a bit of a hypochondriac and she's like no it does sound a lot to me like you like you've got um, something like that and she said look you'll get a stool test done but I'd get straight into, like there's virtually nothing else you're on gaps if you've got these symptoms you've definitely got something going on so she put me on a protocol um that involved a ketogenic diet so a ketogenic version of gaps um which is just a really low carb high fat diet um you can still have plenty of non-starchy veggies but you can't have the sweeter ones such as pumpkin and carrot and the nice sweet ones and stuff unless they're fermented um and also doing daily coffee enemas um so what the ketogenic diet does is it starves the parasites and the candida so they they die in your gut um which is unpleasant because they release a whole lot of toxic gases that make you feel horrible um but then the coffee enemas and I also do just plain water enemas they go up and kind of clean the colon out and they draw they or they take with it um with sorry with them all the, the dead parasites and the candida and they you get to expel them. Um, and so that's working really well and I've started to feel better. Um, and, yeah, that's that's where I'm up to, I suppose, so, in a nutshell. How long have you been doing that for? Uh, I started doing that mid-November last year. So. And, and when you say you're doing better, how, how are you feeling? Which symptoms have you, um, do you feel like The bloating better? isn't as much and 
if I do have it, I can almost feel it's because of the gases that they're releasing when they're dying, not the fact that they're still alive and in mm. me, if that makes sense. And the brain fog is gone. That went away pretty much the first week of I started, I got into ketosis. Um, they're, the, they're the main ones. The stomach cramps aren't as much. It's just, it's slow progress, but I was feeling pretty sick every day and now it's not every day in fact while i've been up here i've been, been good i've been good the only sickness i've had is a bit of car, like, car sick that's, car sickness. that's from my driving <laughs> no 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 it's not she lives in a really hilly windy area um mountains yeah, yeah. so i think the fresh air is helping as well and all um, the swimming yes the swimming <laughs> um but yeah so do, do you want to explain anything about ketosis and what it's all good for and because a lot of people are pretty scared of that yeah yeah Okay, so um, I, I went on a ketogenic diet for a fairly long time, really, because um, I was trying to lose weight, and um, that was really my primary concern um, back in the days when I thought that that was a disease in itself, which really I now believe is just a symptom of um, disease. Yeah. Um, but what a ketogenic diet does is principally what you will do on it is you will eat a diet that's mostly protein and fat, and more fat than protein. Mm. And uh, it'll basically allow your body to burn all the stored sugars in the muscles. So you'll have all your glycogen stores in your liver and in your muscles used up. And um, you will, at some point, what will happen in your mitochondria, which are these energy centers within your cells, uh, they start uh, specializing in fat burning. Because most of us have been burning uh, carbohydrates as our uh, primary mm. fuel, fuel source for the majority of our lives, it's very, very hard for us to burn fat because we become very specialized at the cellular level in, in terms of what we can burn. And um, what happens after a few, um, just you know, a brief period of being on ketosis is that the mitochondria start uh, relearning how to burn fat. And uh, you switch from being a carbohydrate burner to being a fat burner, and that allows you to use your stored fat storage as well, like the fat that's you know uh, subcutaneous and also around your organs and all that. You'll be able to use fat directly as energy. I mean, you'll have to break it down, uh, but you'll be able to use uh, uh, ketones, which are the uh, products of breaking down fat. Uh, they're these energy units that the body can use. So your body will break down fat into ketones and then uh, the cells can use ketones for an energy source. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people will sort of tell you that it's a, it's a better energy source for, pe- for human beings because it's sort of like putting a big log on the fire rather than putting kindling. And most people like with a carb-based diet will put kindling because it's sort of uh, you know, it burns very, very quickly and fiercely, whereas um, ketones burn a lot more slowly and um, they'll give you this kind of sustained energy. And also what happens there is with the brain fog, apparently, I'm not a doctor, I'm just a software engineer, but um, uh, what will happen is uh, your brain will be able to use ketones and um instead of, you know, depending on sugar. So you don't have those crashes that you usually have when your blood sugar fluctuates. So your brain is working optimally because of the ketones. It's getting a steady supply of them throughout the day. It doesn't have those dips that most of us will experience if we're having a carb-rich diet. Mm. And um, 
you know, there, there's talk about um, even benefits to people who have uh, degenerative diseases in the brain where um, I think it's Alzheimer's, for instance, in early cases, people say, like, I haven't actually seen any recent studies on this, but um, back in the day when I was looking, people were talking about uh, having a ketogenic diet to help with uh, those degenerative diseases because the ketones take an alternate pathway to get to the brain uh, than sugar does. And people who have, um, like let's say Alzheimer's, apparently the blood vessels that uh, carry sugar to the brain, uh, they degenerate and uh, the supply becomes low. Um, and then the ketones use an alternate pathway and they get delivered to the brain. So the brain has a higher chance of uh, running better because of the ketones. So, the, you know, there's a, a whole heap of uh, science as well around it that talks about longevity in rats who have um, been, you know, put on um, a ketogenic diet that have lived much longer than their counterparts on a normal rat di diet. Um, and it mimics the effects of fasting in the body because uh, the body believes that uh, you've broken your fast if you've had carbohydrates. Uh, that's how it sort of detects like a break of a fast and, and it goes through these, uh, you know, uh, hormonal uh, cascades which relate to the, uh, you know, breaking your fast. Whereas if you're eating uh, a low-carb diet, you give your body all the benefits of a fasting state, but with the added uh, benefit of nutritional assistance from the calories and the uh, new micronutrients that the food has. I hope, does that explain things? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And it's cool that you said about the mitochondria because that's what um, Kirsty told me and that's the reason I'm in ketosis is because parasites and um, candida, they don't have mitochondria, so they can't use it's impossible for them to use ketones as energy and that's why they starve when you're in ketosis right there we go mm. even some cancer cells like uh, the tumorous cancer cells um there's some studies around uh tumorous cancers being starved out because of a ketogenic diet uh, and uh again just do your own research and talk to your doctors about this stuff but um that's what i've read and yeah, i'm no, just uh, yeah I, we were talking also yesterday about um how it's supposed to help with epilepsy yeah yep. i think i think so something i don't know ex i i did know i i did read up on that i've forgotten now but apparently it's um yeah they they use that when medication is like as an alternative to medication or when medication isn't working that's quite quite a commonly recognized treatment for epilepsy epileptic fits yeah interesting so that's the yeah. whole brain thing. It, it is It is actually quite successful. And um, I think people who do have epilepsy should consider it as a primary method. Mm. Uh, uh, it's just really, really great. It's not bad. It's not a bad diet. Like you can eat a lot of stuff on it. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people uh, I think get very scared by the idea because it seems like if it's, oh, my goodness, if it's more strict than GAPS, I mean, what yeah. are you eating? So can you tell us? Like maybe go through a basic day of the kind of things you eat? Yeah, I basically just eat like a protein, a fat and a vegetable at every meal. So um, like this morning I had chicken broth and cauliflower soup and some chicken liver pate, sauerkraut and avocado. And then for lunch I had... Sounds pretty good, right? Yeah. And then <laughs> lunch I had like a the Kehoe's Kitchen mustard pickles, which is like a whole heap of fermented fruits and vegetables and spices together. I think one and thing that you said that was interesting, a lot of the vegetables that you can't have that are sweet, like carrot like and tomato, there was apple in it, all of these beetroot, things. Beetroot, 
don't think there was beach water. Oh, okay, but in the other in the one, other one is, yeah. Um, but because it's fermented, fermented, you're okay to have it. Yeah, because it's low. It, they, the sugar's gone, so the yeah. carbs gone, which was nice. Um, and kale that had been sautéed in like chicken fat, basically, and more avocado and paprika. Smoked yeah, paprika. paprika yeah, yeah. smoked paprika. Everything tastes good. Yeah, and then <laughs> dinner. I just had dinner before we did the podcast, and that was steamed kale and Brussels sprouts with leftover chicken, paprika chicken and herbamere. Was and, it was nearly lamb chops, but they weren't quite ready. Yeah, so that'll be tomorrow. So, yeah, and just anything similar to that, like salmon with broccoli and olive oil drizzled on top and herbs yep. and spices. Um, what else? Joe's butter chicken just without um, the tomato paste and served on cauliflower rice. Yeah. Like there's just so many things basically just – take the sugars and the starches and the carbs out and you can have any of the proteins, the fats. Um, so we've been piling veggies. fat on everything. So um, yeah. homemade 24-hour sour cream, ghee, um, the, the pate Yum. with heaps of ghee in it. Um, we just made yogurt cheese today. Um, yeah. You're you okay to have that? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Um, um, what else have we been having? Lots of avocado. Yeah, I love avocado nuts. Nuts, nuts. nuts are okay. You do, Activated like, nuts. Yeah, particularly the lower carb nuts like macadamias are pretty good. Um, yeah, just. And what do you do for a snack? Uh, yeah, nuts. I'll just have like an avocado for a snack. Um, like or that, a smaller serve. What of was a that little meal. fudge that you were talking about? Oh, yeah. Um, sometimes I'll just mix nut butter and coconut oil together and um, set it in a dish in the freezer and it goes um, goes solid. A fudge you, texture. Yeah, like really nice. You can use a tiny bit of honey. And what oh, what I do to test whether I'm in ketosis or not is I buy these um, keto diet sticks and you buy them from the diabetic section of a pharmacy and you just pee on them. And um, <laughs> then it's like when you're testing a pool for its pH um, it just there's little like color strips that you match, and it will tell you whether you're you've got ketones in your urine or not. Um, so that's what I do, and I just try and stay like midway between not in ketosis and full on ketosis because you don't want to go too far into it, especially if you're a female because it can mess with your hormones. Um, but I'm not having any trouble with mine, so that's good. So you're in the right range. I'm in the right range for me, and everyone's <laughs> range is a bit different, and um, everyone's tolerance for carbohydrates is different so some people can tolerate more and stay in ketosis than others um so you with that fudge you could use a tiny bit of honey if you're you were low carb for the rest of the day and you test and you're still in ketosis so it's a bit of a give and take and some a bit of a numbers game like if you know there's a meal where you want to have maybe a bit more zucchini or you would like a tiny little syrup pumpkin or carrot or something that hasn't been fermented that might be okay for you it's just a matter of working out your sweet spot. Um, you can also get, I think, blood ketone monitors, and they're they're dearer. They're quite expensive, but a bit they like are a diabetes type. Yeah, diabetic. I think so a little bit. Yeah, and, but they're more accurate. But I'm finding the the pea sticks are working for me, and yeah, mm. yeah. It's very so safe. so with with you, Rachel, is um, like I know when I was doing the diet, I was doing it for weight loss. So I gave myself that kind of uh, every once in a while kind of carbohydrate um, addition to my diet. But with you, your primary uh, reason for doing this diet is to kill off the candida. So yes. do you find that uh, with a small addition of carbohydrates, you're still okay? Like is that a or, or does that all of a sudden feed them again, and then you're you have to deal with that stuff? I'm usually pretty strict, so I haven't had to worry too much about feeding them. But um, 
yeah, I find, look, I can eat quite a lot of vegetables um, without, yeah. yeah, without reverting backwards, whereas I've heard some people even vegetables get them out of ketosis, so I'm pretty lucky. Um, I've got friends that um, are in a similar situation and they, they're they finding it more difficult. They have to take certain, like, MCT oils and or, like, eat heaps of coconut oil each day to stay in ketosis. I'm, I'm pretty good, really. I'm very lucky, I think. Um, she drinks a lot of broth. She I drinks, <laughs> like, two yeah. litres a day. <laughs> that helps. How, how's your appetite? I found my diet... Uh, made my appetite sort of just diminish like I didn't yes. I wasn't that I hungry yeah. I'm really struggling with and I don't like it because I'm I'm like I'm, I'm just one of those people I've always got a hearty appetite and it's really killed it like I struggle even to eat normal meals sometimes and sometimes I have to skip a meal so that I can actually eat two good sized meals a day so I'm not liking that I just sometimes I have to force myself to eat even if I'm not hungry because I'm but not doing it for weight loss. Um, when she first arrived here like five days ago, yeah. her appetite was very small. Um, yeah. you, you had breakfast and then just, well, you didn't even have breakfast. You really had broth. Yeah, and then I had. Um, for I'd the have, first couple of hours. And then I'd eat like more of like 12-ish. Yeah. I'd eat like lunch. A little bit. And then I'd have a good dinner. Yeah. Um, but I think your appetite's got more. I, maybe yeah. it's all the swimming. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I love the swimming. Swimming always helps. Um yeah, I think so. I haven't but you haven't you, you haven't lost weight and stuff, have you? No. How, how has that happened? Like, don't people usually lose weight on? Um, I think it. De- I think it depends. I guess I don't really. I, I think it's a very balancing diet. I don't have any weight to lose. Okay, maybe that's what it is. And also, balance. I always is that make, what it is for what? And I always have a lot of yeah. fat. I suppose so. My the, my body burns the fat I eat first. Okay. okay. And then I usually that's replenish. true. Yeah, and I, eating plenty yeah. of fat. And I don't really weigh myself, so maybe I've lost a little bit. But, but I, I don't. Look, I don't look, look dis- good. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. You don't look skinny. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Can yeah, you it, it'll regulate. Well, yeah, I think the um, diet sort of will regulate your appetite based on the available calories that you have. Like if you do have some extra fat on you, uh, the body just doesn't go into that like deep hunger state. Mm. Uh, you know, if it's feeling okay, it doesn't bother you. Whereas before it used to be dependent on blood sugar, you know, it just needed that sugar for energy all the time. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we can't store that much sugar in our body. So when our sugar would drop, we just would have the hunger signal and that would tell us eat again. Yeah. And then we'd go and eat again and, um, and then we'd have an insulin spike, our blood sugar would drop. And then we get hungry again and we'd go and eat again. But, you know, I think what you'll what you do now is uh, you've become that kind of mythical person that people talk about. You know, like, uh, my great-grandfather used to go to the fields and he used to, you know, <laughs> do harsh. all that. That's and so then, full of energy. Yeah, and then he'd come back home and just have one meal at night and go to sleep, you know. And that was pretty much how people lived and um I I think, you know like it's just a matter of expectation like if if you feel that you should be eating three meals a day that comes from the mentality of yeah. Yeah. um a blood Western sugar sort of yeah like if someone who's eating uh, a carbohydrate rich diet but um, if you're eating a fat rich diet then one meal a day is fine you know you at, at the end of the day you know, it's the micronutrients and is it stopping you from being able to do what you want to do? Are you energetic enough? Uh, that's really where, how you judge it, not how much, you know, food, like why am I not eating three meals a day? Like, I mean, it's a, it's a question that shouldn't really factor in unless it starts giving you problems. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not, then you go, well, this is what my body wants to behave and I'm feeling good and that's all. 
Yeah, and I think too, like when I do eat, because it is so high fat, I'd probably be having, not that I count calories, but I'd be guessing a similar amount to people that eat a higher carb diet because gram for gram fats are more energy dense. And so Mm. I don't think I'm, I don't, my calories haven't reduced. It's probably just the type of calories. Yeah. Yeah. So that that, that would probably be another reason why I haven't lost any weight. Mm. So, Yeah. yeah. Okay, I get it. It's I'm, yeah, it's calorically dense, definitely. You, you can definitely go through like a packet of sour cream or, or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah, and I could just eat that off the spoon. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Cream or something, so. um, yeah. You never guess hey, what I'm, I made today, Fawad. What did you make? It's probably a thing already. You'll tell me it's already been done, but I thought of it and I didn't find it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I made mayonnaise with goose fat and, it, and four egg yolks. It is the best. I've never heard of that. Yes, yes. I've <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's so thick. Oh my goodness, and yellow and delicious. Big blobs wow. of it on my food. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Isn't isn't goose fat like solid? No, in the well, it's not in the in the pantry, it's not because it's all runny in the pantry because it's hot weather. So when you put it in the fridge, what's gonna happen? Well I did. I put it in the fridge and it's still smooth and creamy but more oh. buttery. Is not quite good? as hard as butter. It's sort of in between butter and cream. It just I'll I'll take a photo. And oh, because you can't it. use it in a dressing. You have to wait for it to kind of. No, no. I well, I don't up. know why. You just you just whisk it a bit with a fork. It's not hard oh, nice. like butter. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah, delicious. That, that. Mm. Wow, that sounds great. All right, are you going to post the recipe on the blog? Well, I'm thinking I'll just put it in my program, but you know, if I get too much hassling, I might post. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah and um, you use whole egg or just egg? No, yolk? just the yolks. Okay, nice, nice. I'll stick the whites in the grain-free scones. And what, lemon juice, salt, what do you put no, in? No, I, I did apple cider vinegar, okay. just a tiny bit, and uh, like a teaspoon. Um, oh. And I did. I always do a little bit of honey, and I did some garlic, put some garlic in there, salt and pepper. Yeah, okay. Yeah, good. I'm um, speaking of apple cider vinegar. That's one other thing I am doing is I'm I have little shots of apple cider vinegar like several times a day because the enzymes in that break down the biofilm in your gut. And biofilm is like a protective layer that parasites and candida use when the environment of the gut is really inhospitable for them. So in a really healthy gut, which mine would be relatively healthy now because of all the gaps and the broth and everything, they they can't really survive. So they create this outer casing. That's almost bulletproof. Like barely anything can break it down. And so, even if you're doing, a, in, even if you're in ketosis and you're doing the coffee enemas or whatever, they will still be in there. So mm. the apple cider vinegar really targets that and breaks it down and releases whatever it's holding, and then they can be yeah. flushed out with the enemas. Yeah, absolutely. So that's something else. A lot of people have to take certain supplements, um, but I'm lucky enough that I'm passing the biofilm and the parasites and the candida just. <laughs> With that, so which is so cool for me is going like, as a future nutritionist. I'm like, see you guys, food is medicine. Like, <laughs> <laughs> anecdotal. Um, yeah, you'll yeah. be able to tell them from your own experience, yeah. which is good. Yeah. And hey, Rachel, with the candida thing, like, mm. um, can I haven't really looked much into it, but um, is candida like a foreign object in our body, is or it? is it? something that exists ever like we get too much of it? What happens? Um, it's a fungi. I don't think it's. In, I don't think it's something we normally have, but it's something I think we can have in small amounts. And if it's not overgrown, um, it's like it's fine. We can live with it. It's one of those things that um, is will grow 
a lot if you have antibiotics because antibiotics don't target that. So they target the good, the bad, but not candida. Mm-hmm. Um, typical. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's one of those things. It's not natural, but it's a, it's normal for most people to have it, but not in excessive amounts and in controlled amounts, I suppose, like most of the bad bacteria mm-hmm. that we do have um, when it grows out. And it just grows uncontrollably. Like it just yeah. branches out. That's its nature and um, gets, yeah very uncomfortable and causes a lot of pain and <laughs> discomfort. Can you get tested for how much overgrowth you have? Or is that something you just do a diet and then see how you go? Um, I think you can get tested. Parasites and candida, you can get tested for both. There's just a lot of speculation about how accurate the testing is. So okay. I'm finding that regardless of what my tests show, I'm, I'm passing huge, massive parasites and all these blobs of candida like I, I i know that i didn't I know you could see it. it yeah they're mm. like these some of it's like white and fluffy and fuzzy like and feathery feathery yeah that's a good word for it and others are like little pebble like colored pebble things oh weird yeah it's a bit gross but um <laughs> sorry <laughs> hope hope not not grossing everybody yeah. <laughs> sorry but this might be you so you might want to know um yeah yeah um i'm really fascinated about um you know a, Putting aside all the things that you're talking about, what you're doing, just your mindset at such a young age. Oh, so um, I'm fascinated. Yeah, yeah like she's come so far at nineteen. Nineteen. <laughs> Tell me, like, um, when did you really start looking at things for yourself? Um, probably when I was about twelve or thirteen, because I wasn't growing and developing, and that was really hard for me, just from a mindset level, because I'd always been a tool type kid and all of a sudden I was the short one and I was kind of getting picked on for it and I just didn't feel comfortable in my body and I'd always been pretty good with body image and so I was like well I want to look into why I'm not growing because it just seems weird and And what kind of support did you have for that um I I didn't really I just this is why she's such a strong person um because she was fighting against the tide the whole time yeah because it got to a point where I was just so malabsorbed and I mentioned this in the last um, podcast. I was, I just, my gut was so stuffed and I couldn't absorb any nutrients from my food and I just, I'd lose what I just was losing weight at the rate of knots and I got misdiagnosed with anorexia because of that, which made everything worse because the refeeding diet that they give to people that they think have anorexia or that do actually have anorexia is just, it's meal replacement things, yeah. it's breakfast cereals and modified dairy and like I just got so sick and so depressed and anxious and all of that and I was so I just kept fighting because then my parents thought I was had a mental illness even though I didn't and they thought you had anorexia too didn't they yeah they did they didn't at first because I would always eat at home and at school and but they just thought she must be throwing up or like throwing stuff out because that's what the doctors were saying and psychologists were going oh yeah that's what they do like you know, that's what she would be doing. And, and they deny it. That, like, that's the thing. It was, I couldn't, it's like I, when you, I couldn't tell the truth because the, it sounded like I, they thought I was lying when I was telling the truth. Like when you're accused of a mental illness and I'm not mental. I'm yeah, exactly. Fine. Yeah. Same sort of thing. You yeah. Know? It was, that was, it was horrible. And I didn't have a good mindset for a good few years. Sorry. I just meant like in a movie kind of thing. You I know. know like, I know. And yeah. like they're Rachel, yeah. you know, you know, Joe and I aren't real. Yeah. You know, like you're having. Stop it. 
Um, hey, look, I'll tell you what, like, I'm super impressed with uh, you, really, like, just the way that you talk and how intelligent you are, and uh, really, you're such a bright spark. I'm amazed that, um, you know, despite all the difficulties that you've gone through, you've managed to, uh, you know, just have such an intellect, and um, yeah. it's just wonderful to see, and um, you'll find as you grow in your life, like, these kinds of experiences, they really, really shape you. Uh, like, I, I personally, you know, had I not personally discovered paleo and eating the way that I do, I probably would have would not have woken up to many things in my life that needed changing and being addressed. And uh, then, you know, it really formed the way that I view life, just purely the way that I eat changed the way that I view life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, I started really late compared to you. You started 12. Amazing. So yeah. like... Uh, I think you'll uh, you'll have such an amazing and wonderful life ahead of you, and uh, so don't look at these things as difficulties. Like they're really just challenges that will shape your life and take them in direction which seems to be amazing. So like I'm just so impressed by you, Rachel. And I have to say, living with Rachel for a week, she always has a positive attitude about everything. She amazes me. Aww. She's so good. I think that. So we've decided to just adopt her, <laughs> and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, I think. What I, yeah, I was going to say. So I wasn't really like when I was going through all that, and no one believed me. I just felt like I was a prisoner. I in my mm. own body, I couldn't. I could. I just felt sick all the time because of the foods I was eating, and I knew they were the wrong foods for me. But there was nothing I could do because if I ever fought against it, it was like no, like that. Yeah. Oh, you're getting worse again, type thing. Mm. And um, but eventually, I just decided that even though I wasn't doing it to myself, it was kind of being thrust upon me that I didn't really like. It was either I could change my mindset and I could just work every day a little bit and just. Instead, like I used to like get really angry and just I would almost go crazy because I was just so frustrated and I learned to just stop doing that because it just made everyone think I was crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. And slowly I kind of started getting my life back on track and then I just kind of decided that, you know, whether you have a bad attitude or a good attitude, your situation genuinely is the same. Mm -hmm. So you may as well have a good attitude and it will turn out better and yeah, I just kept researching even when people told me not to and told me there was nothing I could do. I just kept doing it. So, yeah. How did you get to that conclusion? Like a lot of people go through life just in that kind of reactive state when they will have a situation and then they react according to the situation emotionally. So what made you um, be able to realize that there's a difference between an emotional response to a situation and the situation itself and that you can have a positive one. Did any did you read a book? Did you like how how did you get to that conclusion? I, not not initially. I think I found more mentors as I did more research and so like I loved reading Jess Ainsco's blog, The Wellness Warrior, because she had such a strong mindset and she just she did what she knew she needed to do and she Mm. kind of said don't apologize for doing what you need to do Mm. and going against the grain so yeah I got mentors like as I went on but in the beginning I think I think I'd been through so much and I was so I had so much anger and I've still got a bit that I'm trying to work through but I thought you know it (laughs) (laughs) oh I do um that's the red hair yeah (laughs) (laughs) so true I have a red head I know (laughs) um I was going to say, and I think I thought, well, maybe I could, if I use this, if I, if this is a platform for learning and then I can make a difference somehow with it, then it's been worth it. So if that's the attitude I have, then it just makes everything. It's like, oh, that sucked, but all right, 
it was a platform for this. Whereas if I just kept being the victim, when I was, I so dwelled in my misery, like I so was the victim, but it was just like, it wasn't getting me anywhere and it wasn't productive. And I guess I can look back and I don't know. I, I still look back and I'm really angry at what happened, but I kind of, I wouldn't change. No, I probably would change things, but um, <laughs> where I am now, I'm really happy and I, even though there are some things that aren't perfect, I can't think of anyone else in this world I'd rather be than me. Oh, and so, so I guess, yeah, if that makes sense, it's just it you just have to have the best attitude you can really because it doesn't – it does change your life but for, for the better. Otherwise, things if you tell yourself things suck, things suck. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that her podcast is going to be awesome, can't you, Philad? Yeah. Are you going to have us on, Rachel? Or yeah, gonna, sure. Uh, <laughs> I just have to actually record a few first and kind of get my... my yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so typing. impressed by you. I can just and, see her on the stage in another year, can't you? Up there talking at these... It's amazing. Centers. It's yeah. amazing. I, I can't believe it. Like, okay. at such a young age to, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think uh, in, in 10 years... Like, uh, hey, by the way, this is not something that... It, don't don't like um when I, I think one of the things that will happen when you get um to think the way that you do is you also start having expectations about yourself like in terms of like oh well i'm so you know i've done this and i've done that so like you you feel like your journey needs to get greater and greater and more amazing and um that doesn't always happen you know that you just uh, sometimes things slow down a lot and mm. sometimes things are just right. uh, yeah and I th- life things go up and things go down. Yeah, they, they be do. Happy, keep yeah. being happy to be you. Yeah, yeah. and I, I trust yeah. it. I think I finally learned to just to trust it and to go. let go. With yeah, it. just let go. And it's like not getting frustrated that my gaps journey's taken so long because yes. look at all I've learned from it not exactly. going to plan and... And how much you'll be able to help other people when they're stuck. Yeah. Like if you only experienced a really smooth gaps journey that was all done in one year, I would you be wouldn't a, be able to understand anyone having problems. You'd be like, I what are you be, doing wrong? I'd be a horrible practitioner. You would. I would be. Like, I'm sorry, but now I there would there's I, there would be no judgment. It's like, all right, yeah. that's not working. Let's see what yeah, – let, let's hack right. this a bit. Yeah. 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 And something too, this is just probably my biggest thing that I'm still really coming to accept is the fact that I – I'm tiny. Like I, I look like I'm about 11 or 12 and that is all because of all the sickness and malabsorption. And I don't know what's going to happen in the future if I will grow and develop or whether I'm just going to be the way I am. But I was t- having a conversation with Joe the other day and I said, and I just thought, you know what, I'm just sick of being angry about this. It's like, I'm not blind. I'm not deaf. I can run and swim and cycle. Like there are worse things than being short and looking really young. Hey, you can have a podcast and still look like you're 12 years old. No one will know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Radio work. Um, Yeah, yeah, but it's – so I think too just as uh, this has got nothing to do really with the whole healing journey, but – if you've no, got, it does. It has it. Yeah. If you've yeah, got yeah, any body sure. image issues, just think of something that could be worse about it and then just be grateful that that's yeah. not the case because, like, I just think if I ended up in a wheelchair tomorrow, like, touch wood, but if I did, I, I'd be like, seriously, I was worried about being short. Like, yeah, exactly. So now I can't run. So now I'm just grateful for what my body can do rather than... And that it's strong and well, even though, yeah. I mean, well, well in that it works well yeah. you can run you can absolutely yeah she goes running for an hour every morning she's amazing 40, 40 <laughs> minutes <laughs> yeah. unlike me <laughs> uh, 
But um, I think it was really good. Like she had a good chat to Isaac too about the whole body image thing because he's at that age where he's really frustrated because he's not growing mm. um, and he's tiny and trying to work through the gut issues mm. and he get he feels like he gets teased. and Yeah, I think know, it's harder when you're younger. Hard. Because everyone, whenever, like when you're an adult, everyone's kind of over that stage of their life and they don't notice. Whereas when everyone else around you is like having growth spurts and this and that and the other, and like with being, you know, girls, they're getting boobs and all of that and they're wearing different clothes. And that's when it's hardest. It's yeah. like I just felt left behind. I felt like I didn't have that rite of passage. Mm. Yeah. No, I was the same. I was, I was the skinny one at yeah. school and I used to get teased. So mm. it was hard. It is hard. High school's hard. It so is. For anyone who says it's the best days of your life, like, crazy. Who wants to peak? <laughs> who wants to peak in high school? Really? <laughs> You've got the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, we're late bloomers. Yes. <laughs> Not at nineteen. That's pretty early. Okay, she's an early bloomer. Yeah, yeah. I was a late bloomer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> awesome, um, Rachel. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, so good. Joe, do you have any more questions for Rachel? Or? Um, probably. Actually, I will just ask who are your mentors now that have really helped you? Like in the last year you've really sort of mm-hmm. taken off with, um, I don't know, sharing your story and your blog and mm-hmm. you've done courses, I think. Yeah, I did Kim Morrison's course. Um, well, for school, I didn't want to go to schoolies when I finished year 12 because I don't drink and I'm not really into the whole party scene. So just, <laughs> yeah, I've been dreading schoolies since reception, really. Um, so instead I took myself, I spent, used that money to take myself to Queensland to go to a retreat to run by Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith and Kim Morrison. Isn't she um, awesome? <laughs> yeah, for a chat, girls. And I went there and, like, I'd, I'd had a great year 12 year. Like, I'd moved schools and I'd gone to this awesome school and I just – it was one of those years where I'm like, it's my final year. I'm going to be in every single club and do every single oh, thing. And it was – so I'd already kind of started just putting myself out there a lot more and I had a lot more confidence. But I went to that and, you know, just meeting people that had been like on a pedestal for me, it was like, oh, they're normal. Yeah, They're just people with a story that are trying to make a difference. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm doing. And it just kind of made me feel like, well, that's kind of within my reach. So yeah. then I just took more chances. Like I started my – I'd just started my blog before then. And I just, you know, I've, I've reached out to you and I was like, hey, do you want me to transcribe your podcast? And you're like, sure. And then we met and then we became friends and yeah. now I'm friends with Joe Witten and, <laughs> you know, that's cool. And But she's um, just a very normal person with a messy kitchen. <laughs> yeah, so just like women like them, women like Joe, Lola Berry, like the people I've met and I'm friends with that it's just they're normal people and you see that, oh, it's me, like, you know, and I think yeah. – I don't know. I think with all, everything I've been through with my health too, I'm, I'm fearless. So I just, I just, I go, well, I'll just put it out there and we'll yeah, just see what happens. And I've, I've learned that from, you know, people like you that just, yeah. Say yes and figure it out later. Yeah. Just always, <laughs> always believe in yourself. That sounds so post like calendar KKK inspirational <laughs> thing, but it's so true. Just back yourself because yeah. if you don't, no one else why, why would anyone else? Yeah. So, yeah. So good. Mm. Okay. Well, shall we finish up? Who are you? Are yeah, you? I'm uh, really <laughs> excited for so... you, Rachel. Just hoping for uh, an update with another, you know, another next few months. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Sure. Yeah. We'll see if I can get rid of these parasites. Yeah, we'd love to Candida. hear about how that all goes. Yeah. natural way. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because so many people bombard them with antibiotics I'm really interested to see how you go without having to do that and I'd be really careful about that because 
um, like parasites and candida love an unhealthy gut. Yes. And so while they may be killed off initially by the antibiotics, if you change your gut environment, it's just a breeding ground and they'll probably come straight back. So yeah. I'd be really careful with any, I'm not a doctor, so please don't not take something because of what I've said, but just do your look research, into look into it mm. because, and sometimes I know it sounds easier to just take a pill, but sometimes you have to do the long, hard road, but in the long run, it's so much better. End. Yeah. Like even mm. like Joe, Joe will sometimes be like, Oh, do you want to try this? And like forgetting that I need to be in ketosis. But, and it's like, I could say yes, but it's like, no, I just want to do this once. I do not want to have to go back and do this again. So yeah. 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 Love to come back and see you. Let us know when you have your podcast up. We'll let our listeners know as well. well, I'm sure they'll be interested. Oh, yeah. thank you. Hopefully, be out by the end of January. I actually have to get my act together and record it's some. It's called The Healthy Exception, and it's a podcast. Well, anyone can listen to it, but it's a podcast more specifically for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rules. So, love it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. She's even going to interview Isaac. It's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah, Thank it's you. exciting. Yeah. And uh, I think you'll do really, really well. I'm very excited for you. You're so bright and uh, you can talk so well. So I'm, I'm oh, really sure it's going to do great. Yeah, it will. We'll be looking for a book next night. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. That That is in my manifestation journal. So I'm See? sure it will happen. <laughs> yeah, have a manifestation journal, guys. It works. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Mm. All right. Well, thank you so much, oh, Rachel. It's my pleasure. Thank you, guys, for giving up your time tonight to interview okay. me. We, we love Thanks, Rachel. Um, everybody, if you want to um, listen to Rachel's first interview, I'll put the link below on the Wellness Couch page and also the interview that we did last time where she helped answer some questions from readers. Um, so that was a great one too. We did have some feedback from people saying that they really loved listening to that, so mm. that's great. Um, you can also find all the other podcasts the quirky journey podcasts on the wellness couch a quirky journey and also on itunes so make sure you get onto itunes and give us a five star rating (laughs) (laughs) so that everyone else can find us and have a great week we'll be back soon bye bye guys bye guys we hope you enjoyed this wellness couch podcast brought to you by audible do you find that you just don't have time to read all the awesome books that you hear mentioned on the wellness couch well audible might just have the answer Audible is offering the Wellness Couch listeners a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. You can get books like Eat Right for Your Blood Type, Why We Get Fat by Gary Torps, Paleo Diet for Athletes, or even The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash the wellness couch for your free audiobook. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.